Father, we so love you today. We know this is one thing that separates your true word-born children from just people who go to church. They are so tried and so tested. They have to be to match you. Yet, Lord, others would look at this one or that one and say, well, this is a Christian church, and this is a Christian, and that's a Christian, and they never have anything to happen to them. To me, Lord, that would be one of the worst things anyone could ever say about our church. That we're never tested. We're never tried. If our ministers here at the church are scar-free, And we are never thrown under the angry flames and torments of the winds and the waves. I would not take that as a compliment. But Lord Jesus, we know that your people are a tried people. For you are still proving your greatness as they go through trials. And they know it's not themselves. They testify. We could not stand this. If it was not for the grace of God. We count it such an honor to be together again today, Lord. Our hearts have longed to be together. Thank you, Lord. We pray that you just meet with us in a special way. Oh, we could dismiss right now and go home and say, it's been so good to be here. Take your word and speak to us today, Father, would you? In the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Greet you today. In the name of the Lord. I just wish I could hug all of you together. Just give you a big old hug. I've been doing that air hug stuff with my grandkids and stuff, and it, it don't work. There's no feeling to it, are there? There's just, <clears throat> we're so happy to be. 
to be able to be gathered together again today. Thank you for praying for Carol and myself, and we're doing better. And uh, certainly just appreciate your prayers. We'll continue to pray for the rest of those in the church that are sick and, and have so many needs. And we believe that our needs are opportunities by which the grace of God can be able to manifest himself. That's right. And that's the way we look at it. That's the way we, we believe it. We certainly appreciate you being here today. Trust the service will be a blessing. Wasn't Wednesday night such a wonderful service? Brother Darrell just did an outstanding job. So appreciated the word and the anointing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Appreciate uh, the different ones that have come and made the streaming available when we wasn't able to assemble together. We appreciate them for doing that. And uh, yes, I am delaying. Uh, I wait for the butterflies to settle a little bit. It's been three weeks since I preached. Twenty-one days today. So, I know, I know, you think, you get nervous after all these years, you need to get rid of me when I don't. Because if I ever get to a place that I think I don't need him, it's time for you to get another preacher. Amen. 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 God bless you. Love you so much. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15. By taking the type of body that he took, by going through what he went through, it should have told us the rest of the journey would not be easy. By suffering all that he suffered and being in the act of condescension through kenosis, and then once he raised from the dead by taking that same body and glorifying that same body, the picture should have been more clear. But as we go along, it does become more clear. Hebrews 9.15, and for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, <clears throat> that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is a force after men have, are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. <clears throat> It is our soul that has moved into the land of the abstract. But our bodies still remain truly in a place of great humiliation. As I stand before you today, I stand in a state of humili humiliation. I stand in a state that shows my full sonship has not been completely restored yet. Since the last time I preached to you, I've lost about 15 pounds. I'm weaker. I have to kind of steady myself. I'll have to pace myself this morning when I preach. Why? Because I'm still a mortal. No doubt in the last two weeks, two months, three months, many of you have uh, 
went through things that you never thought you'd ever face before as, our, as a church we have, not just as our church only, but churches around the world. There's actually saints of God in the message that have been um, not allowed to go back to their country. And of one particular brother that is in a certain part of Africa. He has been there in this part of Africa now for about four months, staying in a motel every night. Because his country shut down their borders that would not let even residents come back in. Friends of mine in South Africa that are in other parts of the world unable to come back. Friends of mine from Zimbabwe that are in South Africa that have not been able to come back to their home, separated from wives, children, family, because of this. So you see, this is not something that's just Happy Valley alone, but the entire world has been affected by this. Who would have ever thought that something as simple as a member of the cold family. COVID-19 is a member of the cold family. Now, he's a rougher member, of course, than the cold itself, but he is still of that family. Who would have ever thought it would have been able to brought such spiritual paralysis as well as natural paralysis to the world? And this is pre-tribulation. This is not, no friends, you have not missed the rapture. The rapture still hasn't taken place in case you're wondering. But if this is pre-tribulation, can you imagine what it's going to be when the tribulation breaks through? Whenever the bride is actually taken from the world, you think it's bad now. You know why it's not worse? Because we're still here. But whenever the bride is taken, it is going to be one awful place to be living. But while we are yet here, we know that God has given us a work to do. And that work will be completed. You believe that? Now, Brother Darrell said it so beautifully that this has taken us by surprise. And I think Brother West went along that same line. But the Lord has not been surprised at all. You know, the year 2020 has been quite a year, has it not? Here we are coming to the end of, the, of August, and my, the things that have already happened have just been unbelievable. If 21's going to be any worse, I think I'll hold on to 20 and say, no, I don't want any more. Uh, but the thing is, we don't have a clue, really, how far that God will let it go. But I, I think I can probably speak for pretty much everybody that comes to our church that probably we've been praying more. We've had more sincerity. I, I know so because I've talked to different folks. And, you know, this has done something for us that uh, having a big crowd didn't do. This has done something for us that having blessings of God didn't do. He knows how to turn the pressure upon us, don't he? Now, I'm not saying that any of you were backslid. I certainly was not backslid. But there's something about trouble that finally tunes a child of God's walk. Let me read to you this morning, and you could read with me as well. In Romans chapter 8, verse 22, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. So if it was for man's sake 
that the earth fell. We should not be surprised that the earth waits in great anticipation for the recovery of man's walk. You can't hear it, nor can I. But the birds, they not only praise, but they cry. The animals not only worship, but they cry. They agonize. If you've ever heard the recorded sounds that NASA has made of the universe, and the further they go out, those sounds change. No doubt they are worshiping God because the psalmist David said they were. But part of what NASA has recorded has been the groans and the cries of the heavens. Oh, they're still beautiful, magnificent in their splendor and glory. But whether or not you realize it, the heavens are as an old man or an old woman. Their brilliance is not the same. The light of the sun now is seven times weaker than it will be in the millennium. The earth, as I read this morning where the farmer's almanac is saying that we're in for quite a treat this winter time if we didn't need anything else. And I couldn't keep from thinking, you know, the earth was not made to shiver. I've stood in Canada whenever it was minus 40. And they would pull the vehicle, me preaching, being sweating and hot, they would pull the vehicle within three feet to the door so I could walk out of that blazing hot building into minus 40 temperatures. And somehow the earth has adapted to it, but it's not what she was made for. She was not made for the coldest place on the planet to have ice fields that are 20 miles thick. For the winds to blow 140 miles an hour with temperatures minus 100. I know she wasn't made for that because they've dug down beneath her, her, her ice fields and pulled out palm branches. They pulled out animals with palm branches still in their digestive tract. She was made in her beauty and her splendor. And then I think the word that Paul used, for we know the whole creation grown us. So he doesn't just limit it to humans. But the whole creation grown us. And the Greek word there is groans together. All is united in a condition of sorrow. And it expresses or denotes mutual universal grief. It is one wide 
loud lamentation of pain, sorrow, sickness, and death. And which a dying world unites in one thing, deliverance. Notice he goes on to say, and travaileth in pain together until now. And Paul chose a term here that was used for childbirth. And we know the prophet when he preached the birth pains message that he, he went through the different stages of what the earth had went through. World War I, World War II, the Korean conflict, of course, and Vietnam after he was gone. All the different stages of the world itself and the people of the earth, and it denotes an extreme cry of the depths of sorrow and anguish, and all creation feels it. To be honest with you, I'm glad I can't hear the trees moan. I deal with enough humans, and I hear them moan and cry. I'm glad I can't hear the trees cry. I'm glad I cannot hear the animals cry and lament. I don't, I'm not sure I can take it. I've seen enough die in my lifetime. I've seen enough broken-hearted children because their mom or their daddy was taken. Broken-hearted parents when a child left the earth before it's time, as we would say. And you look around and you see it and you hear it. And I know for those of us who have received the first fruits of the down payment of the Spirit, we feel it to a degree that the unsaved cannot even comprehend. Oh, how I love my dose of the Holy Ghost. How I love my portion of the keeping Spirit of God. But it's because of it is what makes me so sad. If I was out there in the world today and you were, and you were trying to recover from a hangover last night, and you were trying to get all this stuff settled in your mind, you know, of trying to find peace, actually they don't feel what I feel today. They don't feel what every other child of God feels because their souls has never received the deposit of a better world. And when they get down, they take an, an upper. When they get too high, they take a downer. When they can't sleep, they got a pill for that. And when they can't do something else, they got something they smoke for that. But I don't do that. When I get down, I pray. When I get weary, I read my Bible. When I get overwhelmed, I begin to meditate about the new earth and the world that is to come. Hallelujah. I don't depend on substances from without, 
my body, which helped me to cope with life every day. I do not depend on a beverage, on a pill, on a shot that will help me get through my difficult times. I get through them by the deposit that I've received from that other world. But with that deposit also comes the taste. The taste. It's as if though you are allowed by the grace of God to take within your very soul and taste of another world that is so free from trouble and heartache and sickness and anxiety. And you taste it for a moment and you think, oh, what a place. What a place to be. And then it's as if though the taste is gone. And you want to taste it again. You want to experience it again. Because it makes you so hungry for more and more. And then it leaves you. And then you're faced with cold, stark reality of a sick, hurting, dying world. Aren't you glad today our hope is not in this world? Dealing with a world of misery and anxiety. Every age since the fall of man has experienced it. And Paul uses those two words that are all creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Till the time when the prophet here writes in this first Gentile church age. So it had been the characteristic of every age since the very fall. Notice in verse 23, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. You see, friend, this is what makes us groan to such a degree. Would not the majority of humanity want a better world? Even though we would so differ in every political field and with every politician, no doubt, we would have such a difference. Whether it would be socialism, whether it would be communism, whether it be democracy, democracy itself is a million miles from perfection. We know that. But I'm glad we live here. But yet, no matter what the politicians would promise, look at the kingdoms that have lived on the world and on the surface of the earth. I've been privileged to be able to travel into different parts of the world, and I love archaeology. I love stones and I love looking at things and our trip to Israel and I took so many pictures of, of archaeological pieces of things and, and my mind as I'd stand there and look and I think that, that is 2,000 years old or that is 2,500 years old. And when we were there in some of the places that we were able to go to and them still digging in the city of David and many other places. And while we were there, they just found a capstone of a Corinthian type column 
buried many, many feet down in the dirt. And they had just, just found it the day before we got there. It had been laying there for 2,000 years, buried beneath that. What did it tell? It told to me, it told a story of an era of time. And I looked at that and I was just mesmerized about it, thinking of the people that made it and the ones who erected that and the people that walked by it for maybe hundreds of years. And you you think of the stories that this earth holds. And yet where are those great people today? The Romans which conquered the world during the Byzantine period, during the periods of great history, you think of Montezuma, you think of the, all the different ones that have lived, and what do we have left of their societies? Pyramids made of stone, or a rock this, and a rock that. The Babylonians which rule the world, and where are they today? They cease to exist. The pharaohs which ruled Egypt, where are they today? And think of it, this earth has seen them come and go. And as I saw standing over Jerusalem, looking there from where the Lord Jesus would have looked down upon the valley, and his words reverberated in my soul, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how oft I would have gathered you together. Twenty centuries later, and how many people have come and conquered and even to this very day excavating on the city of David. And I saw this week a piece of a beam that they had just dug up four months ago that has been buried beneath the dirt there since the Babylonians came and destroyed Jerusalem. 586 B.C. And there laid that charred piece of a wooden beam. Oh my. How many stories have been lived through this earth? And where are all of those mortals at now? Where is King Nebuchadnezzar? Where is Darius the Great? Where is Cyrus? Where are they, Brother Darrell? Where are they? Where are their great kingdoms? Laying in dust. And let's go ahead and add ours before it comes to pass. For it will come to pass that the last vision that the prophet saw, this great kingdom of America, one of the greatest nations on the earth, right? I'm glad to be an American. It breaks my heart to see America go the way she's gone. But it is her own choice and her own fault. And it won't be too many risings and settings of the sun that she will lay as smoldering ashes because a prophet of God saw it in a vision. But I'm so glad my hope is not just in America. I'm so glad my hope today Oh, Brother Donnie, if, 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 if Joe Biden can be the president, he'll turn it around. And some of the rest of you say, oh, no, 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 no. What we need is Trump again. No, we don't need neither one of them guys. We need the Lord Jesus to come back. 
either one of them is going to lead us into a mess. That's exactly right. Oh, but friends, by tasting of such a deposit in my soul, and when I come down from living, walking, dwelling in that heavenly realm, and then I have to feast my eyes back upon this that's around us. The reason I groan is I have experienced my foretaste. Do you understand when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and it releases your soul from mortality? That is your portion of eternal life forever. Those of you who have eternal life this morning, you'll never get any more than what you have right now. Your baptism of the Holy Ghost is that deposit, praise God. But the foretaste of that glory that is to come. You see, it's a paradox because it reflects both positive and negative effects in the same creature by whom it strikes its value. I'm glad I'm not called to be a prophet. I'm glad I'm not called to walk where they walked. Oh, we look at them and envy them, maybe a position that they had. I cannot imagine being called into the third heavens one day and hearing and seeing things that is not even lawful for you to repeat. And then you have to leave that. And come back down to this. I cannot imagine sitting in the bed with your hands behind your head and you're the song beyond the curtain of time. And a voice from another world says, Would you like to see it? Oh, I believe it would help me so much. And the next thing you know, you're standing above your body while your body is laying in the bed. And you actually look at yourself and you think, I must have died with a heart attack. You're 20 feet from your body. And all of a sudden you hear voices. Can it be that close? Can it be that that dimension is 20 feet from where I am? So, no farther than that. Can I run to it? Can I leap from this world into that one? If I could but desire today, I would disappear before you. And I wouldn't be the only one. Some of you would be going with me. I'm glad I don't have the ability to travel to such a place at will. But you see, I've been one of the privileged 
As some of you here sitting here today under my voice, the sound of my voice, we've been some of the privileged to get a deposit from that world. Can you imagine as the prophet, as he looks around and the bluegrass being quite tall and the breeze blowing across the bluegrass. Unlike, as the reference that Brother Joel made earlier, the way we refer to wind, much of wind is associated in our minds with storms and fear. But you see, the wind never hardly raises just above a gentle breeze in that land. And it hits the top of the bluegrass as they take their fingers and they rake it through that beautiful, beautiful grass. And he sees a throng of millions of people. He don't recognize nobody and he don't even know where he is. And the voice says, you've been gathered with your people. Now remember, he had not been birthed into a theophany, which is the word form body, so he didn't know all things. He's had a temporary translation. Hallelujah. Oh, it must have been beyond sublime. But can you imagine when you're told you must go back? I'm so glad he was willing. The seals hadn't been broken. Who is Melchizedek hadn't been preached. Lots of great sermons were yet to be revealed. But can you imagine the imprint that it left on the prophet's soul when he had to leave that world of immortality? And he looked back on the bed, and that was his body. And he knew he was going back, Brother Darrell, because he saw himself moving. Do I have to go back? I'm glad I'm not a prophet. I'm glad I've not had experiences like that. I don't think I could take it. Oh, but my adoption, which has brought me in the sequence of eternity, has placed me on my, on my cycle to when my mortality soon will end. You see, the Christian is like the spies whose soul has won over into the land of gigantic grapes and eternal life and goodness and joy and happiness. This is one reason I love church so much. Oh, me and Carol listened to a tape at home whenever we weren't able to have service or stream one of the ministers that we have confidence in, and we, we, we did all that too. And we would play several tapes during the day because we didn't feel like doing anything else, you know. So you just listen to tapes several, several hours. 
I did several studies, and I did one study of 2,030 quotes. So I've spent a little bit of time with the Word. But yet, there's nothing like us being together. Because if I look at 2,000 quotes or 1,000 or 500 or 1,500 or whatever it is, I'm still only sitting there fellowshipping with my little lick of fire. But here we are this morning. We're privileged for a whole lot more of those same licks of fire to come together. This is why we cry. This is why we feel such sadness in our hearts when we cannot come together because it's just a little bit more of heaven together when we come together. Oh, thank God for the brothers and the sisters that was able to come and sing and play the music for us. It was a little bit more of heaven, but it's a little bit more even here yet today. Notice this, the adoption which will be climaxed in our mortality will be when the Lord Jesus returns. I love the way that Paul looks at this. It will be the complete recovery of the body from death and corruption. Every time we see God heal somebody, it's another down payment of a body change. You see, we have been in this body all of our life. And in one sense of the word, it's the only thing since consciousness that we really understand. But it's still the one sign of imperfect sonship. We all know reality well enough to know that if the Lord tarries within a few years, we won't be able to do what we can do now. I'm 64 years old. I'm older than Brother Branham was when he passed away. If the Lord tarries a few more years at best is all I have left to be able to preach. A few more years, these, some of these deacon brothers will realize, you know what? I, I, I can't serve the people with my age. I, I can't do it. I, I feel that I need to step down. Maybe Brother Jim within a few years will come to me and say, Brother Donnie, I, I just feel like I can't do this anymore. I don't want to hear that from you. Brother Louie will eventually say, you know what, Brother Donnie, I, I'm so forgetful and I, if the Lord tarries, it, I, I can't hardly grasp it, but Harry will say, Brother Donnie, I am missing so many notes. I can't hear anymore. My legs got arthritis in it. I can't play the foot pedal. I'm going to get somebody else to play the organ. Why? Why? This is the vicious cycle. I hate it. But we could be the generation that breaks that cycle. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Notice says, Brother Bram says, while we're groaning, veiled in this tabernacle of humiliation. 
we have the earnest of our perfect, complete redemption. Back like it was in the beginning. When God created Adam in the Garden of Eden, we have a foretaste of glory divine by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The refreshment coming from the presence of God to water the church. I love this quote. To water the church to make it grow in grace. Don't you see why we need to come together? It's a refreshing presence of God. It waters us. It gives us, oh my, a fresh drink from the heavenly spring to make us grow. And when we're sick, we have redemption, the blessing, the attributes of the death of Christ. Divine healing as a foresign to us that someday this mortal will take on immortality. Yes, sir. Amen. Oh, my marvelous I say double marvelous triple marvelous quadruple marvelous praise God if he would make a statement like that in 1951 many of us are not even born how much more real ought it to be to our hearts today don't you understand every time you pray God please please remove this headache God remove this pain and the Spirit of God comes to your body and moves that. Do you understand what happened? You just received another drink of your resurrection. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You believe it, saints? Three weeks ago, I think it was three weeks ago to this day, Brother Darrell had been battling the fever with the COVID. Come and go and come and go. And you remember that service that I called his name in prayer. And we agreed together on the promise of God and asked that thing to leave him. It left him that very day. What was that that happened in Brother Darrell's home? What was that that moved on him? The Lord Jesus gave Brother Darrell a foretaste of the resurrection. His wife, so sick, laying on the floor for over an hour, he said, couldn't even get up. I called her name in prayer. Hey, man, whenever I got home, he texted me and said, Brother Darrell, Brother Donnie, she's sitting up at the table eating some soup. What was it God gave Sister Cheryl another taste of a resurrection? Hallelujah, those that we have prayed for, for whatever more than it is, and we have seen our Lord come on the scene. What was it? It was our foretaste of the resurrection. But let's face facts. This body is an embarrassment to me this morning. I feel ashamed, Brother Darrell. I feel the anointing on me, the wisdom of God anointing my mind. I don't know how to explain it to you. But I'm limited by my strength. This body humiliates me. 
it embarrasses me this morning because I can't give my all. I'm held back because of a lack of strength. And there's one thing that I did get as I've got older when I didn't have when I was younger, a little bit more wisdom. So it helps. I think of this little old frail tabernacle of our humiliation. What is it? Just a few vitamins and calories thrown together. Just a little place for the soul to anchor at. That's all. But one of these glorious days, it'll be changed. Again, he says, someday we're going out of this tent, this dwelling place, the tabernacle of our humiliation. And we're going to be changed. Step over on another land where it's purity. And when our feet, listen to this, friends, when our feet first touches that blessed land, when the old ship of Zion blows for landing and we rush out, it's going to be all over then. Isn't that wonderful? But isn't that tormenting? It's wonderful to think about. How much longer will it be? A month? Two years? Ten? Twenty? But don't you see why you feel the way you do? Your deposit, your foretaste reminds you it's there. It's there. Thank God I'm so glad I can say today, it's not only there, but it is here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Sickness and cripples and affliction and everything will be gone. Old age, death, sorrow, and all these natural things that was caused by the curse will be gone forevermore. Oh, this Revelation chapter 5, if you haven't listened to it in a while, it's wonderful. It parallels the breach that he preaches a few years after it. But he says, all creation is groaning, said Paul. Everything is groaning. Look at the trees, how they struggle. Look at the flowers, how they struggle for life just for the frost to tear them down. We can see it already, the leaves that are starting to turn. Some of them have just fell on the ground, have they not? Now, tell me, that makes you happy, right? It makes you feel so happy whenever you look up. Really? But wait a minute, fall's coming. The most beautiful colors that the leaves will ever show. Oh, but it's not that that troubles you, is it? It's the nearly six months that we will look at those trees and their bark in the dismal gray and we can't wait for the first buds of spring. Can somebody please tell me where summer went? 
I wish I could grab a hold of COVID and smack his jaws from one side to the other. COVID stole our spring. It stole our late spring. It stole our early summer. It stole our midsummer. And here we are, before you know it, we're going to be right in the middle of fall. Where is that COVID anyway? Oh, man, I'll tell you, there's one person I wish had COVID, and he's the only one that can't get it, and that's the devil. What in the world happened to our summer? What happened to our spring? What happened to our plans? What happened to our meetings? I just got a text yesterday. You got it. Brother Tim, they've decided not to have their meetings. Brother Ron didn't have his. Brother Joe Green, first time in 40-something years. He said, God, God, what's happened? What's happened? Everything has been turned upside down. What is it, friend? Believe it or not, what we have experienced and are experiencing is another birth pain. The church has gone through things that we never thought Oh my, we never thought we couldn't have church because of of, of a a virus, a virus. Oh my, look at the flowers, how they struggle for life. I passed out on a hammock coming to church this morning. I saw black-eyed Susans. I saw daisies, chrysanthemums. I saw so many beautiful pinks and yellows. And I thought it won't be no time. Their beauty will be all spent and gone. And they'll be shivering in the cold. And for some of them, the first frost in late October will bring on their tabernacle of humiliation. Look at the trees. Uh, they struggle to hold their branches out to sing glories unto God. Do you hear that? I don't hear it either, but that's what they're doing. Isn't it amazing that they put their branches out like this and they're praising God? You imagine when the gentle breeze comes through by the Dow and them leaves are there when no leaves are a sign of fellowship. And the Spirit of God of unity comes through them leaves, and them leaves begin to blow. Oh, my. In the spring stage, in the summer stage, in the late summer, and then the fall. And then those who are deciduous, which means they, they shed their leaves, and they stand there the whole time through winter. But I'm so glad they don't fold their branches down by their side, and somebody zip them up. But they stand there bare, worshiping God, right in the middle of wintertime. Oh, it don't take much of a child of God to worship Him in summer when your tree is full of branches and the gentle breeze comes. But oh, brother, sister, to be able to stand there with no leaves. We know what it's been like in quarantine, do we not? We know what it's been like to be quarantined. Hey, I love my wife. Ain't nobody in this world I love no better, but I, I, I long to see somebody else. And she felt the same way about me. Go ahead, you can say it about your little darling too, because we were made to be together. 
Praise God. I think Brother Brad Yance had told me the other day, hey, praise God, the next time we can see each other, we can shake hands. We both had COVID. <laughs> you're saying, you, you long just to shake somebody's hand. You long, oh, brother, sister. What will it be when we'll be able to see Jesus? And see the resurrected dead. And be with them forever. Listen to this. Brother Bram said everything. All nature. All animals. All birds. How he flies from the enemy quickly and gets away. Everything groaning. And we ourselves have probably grown too with them. You don't hear it. All cattle. All chickens. All birds in their own time. I don't know when they do it. Do it in the evening? I don't know when they do it. But they groan. We are waiting for the fullness of adoption. And this will take place when? At the first resurrection. That's when our bodies will be changed from these vile creatures that we are. And we'll have a body like his own glorious body. Oh, we shall see him as he is. And we'll be like him when he appears. We appear in his likeness and we shall have a body like his. A glorious, glorified body. And all the trials and the struggles of life. We'll, this, this is what will happen to him now. We'll fade off into a little mist. And blow away, praise God, to never be no more. So the things that we look at now and think it's so hard, it's so difficult. But all of our life's trials and tests will just become together like a mist of vapor. And the wind will get it. Let me read this in the breach and we'll close. Something's lost. It's groaning. It's trying to get back, to be back to its original condition. Would you imagine someone falling from the earth down into a deep pit somewhere and was struggling, climbing, pulling? They must, by some means, get out of this pit. And they're not in their original state. And frantically, they're screaming. They're clawing the walls, making a noise and doing some way. And they're groaning because they want to get back to their original state. It's when a person is struck with a disease, aches and pain. One time they wasn't that way. But they're groaning. Why? They're not right. There's something wrong and they're groaning and they're trying to get back to where they was when they had health. Our brother Gene Lehman laying this morning on a ventilator. Been in the hospital for I don't even know how many days now. He's not right. He wasn't made to breathe by that. 
When I called him the other day, FaceTime, and offered prayer for him, so weak he could hardly talk. I looked in his face, and I waved at him, and he waved back at me. It wasn't right. Those of you that are sick and suffering today, it isn't right. But if God can anoint our faith, hallelujah, if God can anoint our faith, we can look at COVID, we can look at cancer, we can look at a tumor or whatever more and say, I want my state back. I want my health back so I can serve God with all of my soul. Let's stand together while we finish this quote. Trying to get back to where they was when they had health, when nature and people, as the Bible said, are groaning. It shows there's something they're not in their ought-to-be condition. They've fallen from somewhere. We don't need anybody to interpret that for us. Or, of course, we know it was eternal life. They had fallen from and they lost their claims on eternal life by the fall of Adam and Eve who fell from eternal life to death in the Garden of Eden and brought all nature under them to death. Let me close. It's hard for our minds to imagine this. But he said a tree never died before Adam. wonder how many thousands or maybe even millions of years the earth existed in the pre-Adamite condition. Not one tree struggled for life. Not one plant, not one flower. Death was non-existent. Non-existent. Suit yourself. A tree never died before Adam. An animal wouldn't die before Adam. There's only one thing that cannot die, and that's God, because He's eternal. So there's only one way to get us back to that spot. God had to become time. God had to become a mortal and empty himself out in order to come and take us home. Don't you love him today, saints? Can we just bow our heads together? Hallelujah. you would just like to be remembered today. Maybe you're not sick. I trust and pray that those of you who have been spared the COVID, I trust God will keep you from it. Those of you that are still dealing with symptoms, may God give you a temporary resurrection. Remove that mucus out of your body.
May God remove that lingering cough. Those of you that still can't taste, smell, whatever more, in the name of Jesus, may you be fully restored to your pre-COVID condition. Glory to God. Those of you with cancer in your bodies, those of you with the diagnosis that the doctor gave you that was not good, in the name of Jesus, may you be restored. Hallelujah! To that pre-diagnosis condition. To the land of health. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. Forgive me, Lord, for not being able to deliver as I normally would have. But I thank you for helping me. I didn't feel like I even had a little boy's lunch today, really. Maybe just a crumb out of that basket that he packed it in. But I pray, Lord God, that you'd take it and make it a blessing to your children's hearts. Father, we pray for those that are so needy. Lord, not only just in our church, but around the world. Oh, Father God, may you bring healing, Lord. May you bring deliverance, Father. Dear God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you'd bring us back to our place here at church. We're not, we're not right, Lord. It's not right for us to be divided in groups and not be able to come together. It's not right for us to not be able to shake one another's hands and hug one another's necks. It ain't right, Lord. We want our fellowship back. We want our church services back, Lord, with our people in attendance, oh God. Oh Jesus, grant it to us, Father. You see my heart, Lord, as I walked out on the platform this morning to sit down to play the guitar. It was everything I could do to hold myself together, looking out on the congregation. I just wanted to run out among them and grab them by the hand. But since they know I've been sick, I scared, might scare some of them to death. <laughs> but Lord, it ain't right. We want to be right, Jesus. Restore our fellowship. Restore health. Lord God, we pray for Brother Gene Lehman. His condition today, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lamb of God, we speak our brother's name. Lord, we've seen you move for him several times during this thing, Lord. We believe, dear God, that our lives are brought on this earth to serve your purpose. And Satan absolutely cannot take us until that purpose is done. Father, bring healing and restoration for our brother. We're asking you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, may you sit right over here to my left again, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We pray for all the others, Lord, that are sick and needy. Grant it, Father. We worship you today, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. God bless you, saints. I love you in the Lord.
Can we just worship Him a little bit before we go this morning? You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name.
I sought the Lord And He answered me And delivered me
service this morning. Appreciate our pastor so much giving his all this morning. Let's just sing this song together and we'll be dismissed. Remember the service on Wednesday night. God of mercy, sweet love of mine, I have surrendered to your desire. Yeah.